Good morning, church. Uh, today's reading comes from John 8, verses 31 to 47. Before you read, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, as your word is read out, um, may you open our hearts to receive them and help us to understand so that we may be equipped for every good work through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who, has, who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son who belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why, do you, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. This is the word of the Lord. Very good morning to all of you. The Lord be with you. And to all our fathers here, let me extend a happy Father's Day. Now we continue with our study of the Gospel of John. Now we have been learning in the Gospel that there is a growing hostility towards Jesus. And the Jewish authorities are determined to arrest Jesus and have him killed. But no one has yet been able to seize him. And the reason for this is because his hour has not yet come. Jesus therefore continues to divide the people's opinion. Some people believe that he is the Messiah. Others do not. Many believe his teaching. And others find his teaching too hard. And we are told in chapter 6 that many of his disciples deserted Jesus on account of his hard teaching. And we have said that even today, the hard 
teaching of Jesus has caused many Christians to leave their church. And many Christians have deconstructed their faith because they rather follow the desires of their sinful heart rather than obey Jesus. Now, Christians leaving the faith is a challenge for the church, but deconstruction is not the only challenge facing the church. There is another challenge which is the polar opposite of deconstruction. It is people who remain in the church, but they are not true believers. They identify themselves as Christians, but they don't have saving faith. And the reason they don't have saving faith is because they don't believe in the full gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, they believe only parts of the gospel. They pick and choose what to believe. And they pick and choose to believe only the nice parts of the gospel. But they reject the difficult parts, the hard parts. So, for example, they believe that God is love and he welcomes everyone into his kingdom. But they struggle to believe that God is also a God of wrath, a God who will judge sin and send people to hell. And so these people, they will gladly embrace the doctrine, doctrine of grace, but they will reject the doctrine of sin and punishment. And we may call these churchgoers unbelieving believers. Well, this term is, of course, an oxymoron. But it highlights the challenge to the church. You see, we need to get unbelieving believers among us to believe the whole gospel, not just the nice part of the gospel, but also the difficult parts, the hard parts. And they need to know the seriousness of sin. That is why Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to die for our sins. So unbelieving believers are not new to the church. Like those who have given up their faith, the unbelieving believers were already present during Jesus' time. And we meet them this morning in chapter 8 of John's Gospel. So if you have your Bible with me, please turn with me to this chapter. Well, the chapter begins with the story of the woman caught in adultery, whom Jesus forgave and warned not to sin further. The story is followed by Jesus claiming to be the light of the world. And the Jewish authorities are offended by this claim because it means that if Jesus is the light of the world, they are in darkness. They immediately challenge Jesus' claim, disbelieving his claim because Jesus speaks without any witness. Jesus, however, answers that his witness is God the Father. And he, warns on, he, he goes on to warn the Jews that if they don't believe that he is from heaven, they would die in their sins. In other words, if they don't believe in him, their unbelief will put them in danger of the fires of hell. Now, upon hearing this, many of the Jews believe in Jesus. But we will soon find out that their belief 
is actually superficial. Their belief is not true. So it is to this group that Jesus now directs his teaching. And this is where our text for this morning begins. So verse 31 tells us, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is giving the necessary condition for true believers. It is just not good to say in your mind and agree that Jesus is who he is and what he has done for us. There is, Jesus is applying a test, a test for true believers, because test, uh, true believers are not, are not people who just be, agree to what Jesus say he is, who Jesus say he is. True believers are his disciples who hold on to his teaching. So holding on to Jesus' teaching means going all the way with Jesus, through thick and thin. It means obeying and keep obeying Jesus in all his teaching and commands. And when true believers keep obeying Jesus, they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Now the Jews think that Jesus is talking about freedom in physical terms. And they are therefore offended that Jesus is implying that they have been in bondage. And they begin to protest. And in the ensuing debate with Jesus, they show themselves to have two misconceptions of what believing in Jesus entails. So they have two misconceptions of their faith. One, they have little understanding of the seriousness of sin. And two, they are mistaken about their identity as children of God. And so we will consider the first misconception. The Jews have little understanding of the seriousness of sin. So when Jesus says that the truth will set them free, uh, the Jews deny that they are in bondage. They answer Jesus in verse 33, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now, you can understand why the Jews are so defensive. Because they are really not free. Because they are denying reality. The truth is that the Jews have been in political and physical bondage to foreign powers throughout most of their history. They were slaves in Egypt, and they were exiles in Babylon. And then their nation was under the rule of the Greeks. And now they are under the oppressive rule of the imperial Roman army. And so the Jews are actually in bondage, but they are not admitting to it. But Jesus is not talking about physical bondage. He is talking about spiritual bondage. So in verse 34, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who, sits, uh, everyone who sins 
is a slave to sin. Now what Jesus says here is very true indeed. Sin is very serious and we better believe it because there are so-called Christians who think that we are basically good people. We are good people, but we are imperfect. And so we make mistakes, and we have our faults, and we have our failures. But sin is more than making mistakes and making failures. And no amount of human effort in self-improvement will solve the problem of sin. And that is because we are all slaves to sin. And sin has a tight grip on all of us so that we cannot free ourselves. Now, even a young child is enslaved to sin. The young child does not need to be taught how to sin. It comes naturally to him. Sin comes naturally to all of us. And that's because we have a sinful nature. It is inside us from the time of our birth. And King David tells us in Psalm 51, he says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So this sinful nature at birth, we get it from Adam and Eve. And this is what theologians refer to as the original sin. And the original sin affects our entire being. And the Reformed theologians describe this human state as total depravity. Total depravity. Now, total depravity does not mean that we are all as bad as we can be. It does not mean that all of us will become evil like Hitler or Stalin. No. Total depravity means that every faculty in us, our thinking, our emotion, our will, our motive, our desire, all these faculties are affected by the original sin. And so we sin in our thought. We sin in our emotion. We sin in our will. And we sin in our desires. And the Bible uses the language of the heart to portray the state of total depravity. The heart represents the inner person, our inner person. And the Bible says that the heart is desperately weak, deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So our human nature, our sinful nature, our sinful heart, it is beyond cure. And that is why the Bible tells us that we need a new heart to replace the incurable old heart. In other words, we need a spiritual heart transplant. And Jesus uses the language of slavery to describe our incurable sinful heart. 
And he uses the language of freedom to describe the spiritual heart transplant. And so Jesus says that we are all slaves to sin, but the truth will set us free. And this truth is not scientific truth. It is not religious truth. The truth is Jesus himself. So look at verse 36. Jesus says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And you may ask, how does Jesus set us free from slavery to sin? Well, the answer is, it is through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. Now, we know from the rest of the gospel and from Paul's letters in the New Testament that by his death on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for our sins, the penalty that we deserve. Jesus died our death and our sins are forgiven, and we are no longer condemned. And by his resurrection, Jesus imputed the righteousness of his sinless life to us, so that we are now declared righteous before God. And by his ascension into heaven, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to give us a new heart, to overcome the power of sin. And sin now loses its power over us. And we are therefore set free from slavery to sin. And so we are now free to obey not our sinful nature, but obey Jesus. And as we keep obeying Jesus, we show ourselves to be true disciples. So we come to the second misconception that believing Jews have. It is their mistaken identity as children of God. You see, the Jews, they claim to be Abraham's descendants. And since they have the right genealogy, they think they have the automatic right to be children of God. And this confidence among the Jews about their ancestry is supported by early church records. And there is an account of a dialogue between Justin Martyr, who lived in the second century, and a Jew named Trifo. Now, Justin Martyr was a Christian apologist and a Christian philosopher. And he shared the gospel with the Jew, Trifo. And as he shared the gospel, Trifo responded in this way. He says that the eternal kingdom of God will be given to those who are the physical descendants of Abraham. And it does not matter if the physical descendants of Abraham are sinners or they are unbelievers or even if they are disobedient to God. By virtue of them being the descendants of Abraham, they will get into 
the kingdom of God. So that is their thinking. But Jesus tells the Jews that if they were children of Abraham, they would do as Abraham did. Abraham trusted in God. And Abraham was obedient to God. And Abraham never plotted to kill anyone sent by God. But the Jews who claim to believe in Jesus, they have not been obedient to God, for they have been plotting to kill Jesus. And in being disobedient, they actually prove themselves to be not the children of God, but the children of the devil. And Jesus tells them that God is not their father, rather the devil is. And this is how Jesus uh, puts it to them in verse 44. Jesus tells them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Whoa, strong words. Strong words. Now today, there is the same misconception among many churchgoers. They wrongly think that they will enter the kingdom of God because they are born into a Christian family. And others may wrongly think they are, on, they are safe in their salvation because they belong to a particular denomination or they belong to a gospel-centered church. But brothers and sisters, I hope none of you have this kind of wrong thinking about your spiritual state. Our salvation, our true discipleship, is not based on our genealogy. It is not based on our membership of a church. Rather, it is based on our obedience to Christ. Now, you are not a true Christian if you are disobedient to Jesus. You cannot be a Christian and continue in your sin. And if you continue in sin, Jesus says, God is not your father. The devil is. And we will know we are children of Satan because we will have no real interest in the things of God. Instead, we will want to carry out the desires of Satan. Now, this does not mean that we, we consciously want to serve Satan. And it does not mean that we will all become evil and diabolical. No. You see, most of Satan's children do not realize that they belong to Satan. But they do exhibit his character and they do speak his language. Now, Satan's character is murderous. And this character is commonly expressed in hateful pride and expressed in selfishness. And so if we are always proud 
And if we, are all, if we despise people, you know that we belong to Satan. And if we serve only ourselves and put ourselves first before others, we know we belong to Satan. And we speak his language. You see, Satan's native language is telling lies. And there is no truth in him. And so when you dislike the truth, and you like to cover up the truth, you know you are in the same family as the devil. And you show that you belong to him if you tell lies, and you tell lies with ease, and find yourself entangled in a web of deceit. And you deceive others, and in turn, you are deceived yourself. And you will be deceived about your own heart. You think you have a good heart, but you are actually wicked. And you will be deceived about life. You will wrongly think that happiness is being true to yourself. And so you begin to idolize yourself. And you become your own God. And you will be deceived about the way of salvation. And you will wrongly think that you are good enough to earn a place in heaven through your good works. And you will be deceived into thinking you are a child of God when you are not. And this is the ultimate deception. And it is the greatest tragedy for any churchgoer to think that they are believers when they are really unbelievers. So how can we avoid such a tragedy? How can we be sure that we are not unbelieving believers? And how can we be sure that God is our Father? Well, thankfully, Jesus gives us three ways, three ways to ensure that God is our Father. First, we must ask God to help us. We must ask God to help us to obey Jesus. Look at verse 43. Now, Jesus tells the Jews why they are unbelieving. He says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. So you see, in our natural self, we are unable to believe in Jesus. We don't have the capacity to truly understand what Jesus says. And we don't have the capacity to obey Jesus. Why? Because we are slaves to sin. And we are spiritually dead. And we therefore need God to first do the work of regeneration to make us spiritually alive, to set us free. So the first step is to ask God to give us the new birth. 
so that we can have the new heart that will respond in faith to Jesus, the new heart that will help us and enable us to obey and keep obeying Jesus. So ask God for the new birth. Ask God to do a great work in your life. Secondly, Jesus says that we must love him as because the Son, because He is the Son who has been sent by the Father. So look at verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Now, there are many churchgoers who claim that they know God and they love God, but they have only a small place, a very small place in their heart for Jesus. But this is not possible. You cannot claim to know God and not give your whole heart to Jesus. And this is because the reason God the Father sent Jesus the Son is so that we may fully and truly love Jesus. You see, God sent Jesus so that we might be conformed to the image of His Son. And so we are to give our heart wholly to Christ. And that is how, and the way we know that we have uh, love Jesus is to become more and more like Christ. And we become Christ-like when we consider others above ourselves. We become more Christ-like when we give ourselves in sacrificial service to others. We become more Christ-like when in humility we look not to our own interest, but we also look to the interest of others. Thirdly, if God is our Father, we must love to hear God's Word. Scripture is God's Word. And that means that if God is our Father, we must love to read Scripture, and we must love to obey Scripture. So look at verse 47. Jesus says, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So let me ask you this question. How is your Scripture reading? Is it regular or irregular? Do you read scripture daily or only on Sundays? Well, if you love to hear what God says in scripture, you will want to read the Bible daily and memorize scripture. But just reading your Bible does not prove that you belong to God. You must also obey what scripture says. And sadly, there are many Christians who know their Bible well, 
but they do not obey what Scripture clearly says. Scripture clearly says that marriage is between a man and a woman. And so if we support same-sex marriage, and we deceive ourselves, we deceive ourselves to think that we belong to God. Now, Scripture also says that we are to act justly and to love mercy. And so if we find ourselves contributing to injustice, to corruption, and to cruelty in the church and in society, we cannot claim to belong to God. So, brothers and sisters, we must repent if we have disobeyed what God says in Scripture. Know that God has given us a new heart to respond positively to His Word. And so we need to cultivate that desire to listen, to obey, and keep obeying God's Word. And when we do that, we prove ourselves to be true disciples of Jesus. And we prove ourselves to be true children of God. Let us pray. Sovereign God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to set us free from the slavery of sin. Help us by the power of your Spirit to live as your obedient children and keep the work and the language of the devil far away from us. And may we always desire to hear your word in Scripture and delight to do what you command us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.